introduction. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Dark Alignment Podcast. I'm Brittany. And I'm Aruka Rose. And we are so happy to be here and we together are Dark Alignment Podcast. So I know it's been a minute since we've been able to record. We've had a lot of life happening. I it's created, always life. It's weird. It's always life. I created <laughs> a whole, yeah, every time. I created a whole entire human um, so I have a baby now, and recording time has been very hard trying to figure all that out. She's getting a little bit bigger. It's getting a little bit easier, so we are going to have more regular episodes. We just can't commit to any sort of a real schedule right now, so it's just going to be a whenever we can make it happen. Mm-hmm. I think um, we're aiming for what, like a monthly episode right now. Yep, that's just so you guys have that in mind, and we don't get any weird comments anymore. Yeah. Y'all, we got some people that don't normally comment come in and be mad that we weren't posting. I'm like, why don't you comment when we are posting? Why don't you be supportive? I mean, we're doing our best. (laughs) When it's actually happening. We really do appreciate your patience, and we appreciate all the support, and you guys can stay connected with Mm -hmm. us. You can follow us on social media. We're on every single platform um, under Dark Alignment. You can follow us individually to see what's going on in our lives. We always love connecting with you guys. So just again... We're so happy you're here, and we are still on season four, which has been, this is our longest season. Four, four. Four, four. For 2024. Boom. Exactly. So this is season four, episode four, and we are covering a really interesting case. We actually polled you guys on our Instagram to see what story you wanted to hear, and uh, we have gone with the Craigslist killer. So Philip Markov. This is a really wild story, so buckle up I'm for excited. that. It's going to be good. Trigger warning. Uh, we are going to be talking about some pretty graphic crimes today. There is, uh, there are some different types of violence um, that, that may be triggering to some people. So please be informed and aware if you're sensitive to those things. And this podcast is probably not going to be for you. Um, but for everybody else who is ready to go on a journey with us, let's, let's make, it, make it happen. So let's make it happen. I'm going to start off with my sources and... Y'all, I've had some interesting feedback about sources in our comments, too. I do not just use Wikipedia. I'm just a fan of Wikipedia. Uh, So I'm going to go through all of them. Wikipedia, (laughs) Biography.com, The Craigslist Killer, which was a Lifetime movie starring Jake McDorman, who um, was in, fun fact, he was in Bring It On 3, the one that has Hayden Panettiere in it. Uh, he, he plays the, like, crappy boyfriend in that one, so it's all I can think about. Like, every time I watch Bring It On, I'm like, hey, The Craigslist Killer. So it's it's fun to merge those two, and also I had to buy that movie for ten ninety nine on Amazon, which just if you yeah. want to go watch it, that's that's you have to pay for it. Uh, CrimeMuseum.com, Beyond the Headlines, Catching the Craigslist Killer, which is a documentary on Hulu, the CBS Seven Days of Rage coverage on the Craigslist Killer. So lots of different sources for one episode. It's not just Wikipedia. So we're all clear on that. Uh, everybody knows. Just so everybody knows, because I got so much uh, negative feedback from that, which was really interesting to me. We are not going to be able to purchase a research professional on this podcast. Uh, me as a mother, I and a full time. I have a full time job outside of this. I'm doing the best I can. Okay, I'm get, I'm getting lots of sources. So here we are. Sometimes there is conflicting information. I try to just point that out whenever I see that. And we try to really hone in on the research that pertains to the astrology. So we are focusing very much on psychology, how someone grew up, family relationships, 
other relationships and dynamics um, and kind of their pathway into criminality. Like these are the things that we want to look at that we can see on a chart. So sometimes I might totally skip something that happened because I don't think it's relevant to the yeah. astrology. So just pointing that out here too. So overview for those of you who have never heard of this case. Basically, a preppy, clean-cut medical student turned out to be a sadistic killer hiding in plain sight. On the surface, he lived a very normal life. He was planning a wedding with his longtime girlfriend, fiance, and fellow medical student, Megan McAllister. His crimes were very shocking. It kind of reminds me of Ted Bundy because he had a very disarming appearance. That was one of the things that victims came forward and said over and over, like, he, I just would have never thought... He would hurt me. He just looked so harmless. He just looked so normal and regular. Uh, he regular. also had, yeah, regular. <laughs> he just looked like a regular guy, you know, just like a college guy. I just like describing people as regular. I think it's so funny. Yeah, well, he it's is a funny word. He was he about as regular person. appearing as you can imagine. Just very average. Very. I saw his pictures. He did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very much like just. Try to put some a picture up here for y'all. Yeah. Imagine it. We're gonna. Do I'm this. gonna try to put more visuals for everyone. This. This time, this year. Everyone who's watching YouTube, we are going to get visuals on point this year. That's our resolution for us. And we're, we're trying to do more with our backdrop. Maybe, maybe you guys could send us some fan art or something to put back here. Fan art. We would proudly display fan art. So if you have uh, artistic gifts mm -hmm. and would like to... Make us look good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we, we will appreciate that. And for those of you who are only listening on audio, just, like, use your imagination. Just imagine, like, the fanciest backdrop you've ever seen. So, it's, not, it's not perfect, but it's better. <laughs> so a big part of why this case got so much publicity, again, was the way Philip looked. He didn't look like a typical criminal, like, kind of the guy next door. He was tall. He was blonde. He was conventionally handsome. But he victimized three women in just like less than a week, which is kind of insane. It was a very rageful. I was wondering if it was. It's a short timeline. No, mm. but if he hadn't gotten caught, I think he would have continued. But he yeah. he was so sporadic with these crimes that it just was like all at one time. He wasn't an experienced criminal. Gotcha. Um, thank goodness he didn't have time to develop those skills and the technology really got him caught. So we're going to kind of dive into it now. We're going to talk about young Philip. Who, who was this guy? So Philip Haynes, which is a really interesting middle name, Haynes Markoff. Mm -hmm. He was born February 12th, 1986 in, I think it's pronounced Cheryl, New York. Mm -hmm. Cheryl, Cheryl. I didn't look up the pronunciation. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I didn't take the time to do that. I apologize for you, Cheryl or Cheryl natives who are upset by my mispronunciation. Apologies in advance. So his father was a dentist, so that's a fun fact. Mm -hmm. From what I could find, his mother had been an educator at some point, but later became a casino worker. I wish I could have found more out there because I thought that was kind of interesting. He huh. also had an older brother and a younger sister. She was actually his half-sister. The younger half-sister alludes to a divorce between his parents. I knew it. Ah, I couldn't find much about about that. So maybe mm -hmm. we can see more on the chart yeah, and kind probably. of speculate because I really wasn't able to find a whole lot of info there. I was really I was really excited to hear the his early life part. I wish I could have found more details and again like it's one of those cases where it was big at the time, but mm -hmm. there's still just not a lot of information about his personal background, how he grew up and 
I, I dug everywhere I could. That was one of the areas I always really like to find out about because the young life, you do see risk factors, and we often mm-hmm. see the same risk factors yeah. over and over in every case that we have. A cover. lot of common themes. Yeah, a lot of common themes. So I always feel like it's really important mm-hmm. to look at that and point it out, and we can see it on the chart as well. So, again, the way things correlate, very um, important. So, but by all accounts, he did have a happy and pretty good upbringing. The Lifetime movie makes it seem like he has a strained relationship with his mother specifically, and I can't find any solid info to support that, but the way it's portrayed, I'm assuming they had to do a lot of research to put that out, you know, like if you're doing somebody's story, obviously. Somebody must have kind of known something. Right. Obviously, it's dramatized, but still, that was, they did make that a point in the Lifetime movie version of it, that there was some strain with the mother. In school, Philip excelled. He participated in lots of extracurricular activities. He was described by teachers as cooperative, friendly, and an excellent student. He was on the bowling team, Mm -hmm. the youth court, and he was a member of the National Honor Society. And his peers described him as being a little dorky. Mm -hmm. So kind of a nerd, very intelligent guy. Uh, Like no blatant red flags going on. Nobody growing up said, oh, I always knew he was kind of weird. And... I always knew he was going to hurt someone. You hear that sometimes Mm -hmm. from people. Not not him. No, everybody was very shocked. Uh, Friends did describe him as being a little socially awkward with women. Mm -hmm. A former friend talked about a time where she rejected his physical advances and he reacted aggressively. And she felt that was very out of character. She was really shocked by that. So rejection clearly was something that triggered him. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, So I guess... According to her, he shoved her against the wall and tried to kiss her, and she tried to push him away, and another male friend had to pull him off of her. So he was, he went from, like, unassuming, like, trusted friend, kind of awkward, nerdy guy to very aggressive really quickly, and yeah, seemed very out of character. So do you want to touch on some young life? I do. I just want to check. When we look at his chart, we have him as February 12th, 1986. I'm double-checking on your notes, yep. too. Yep. So we have the same thing. Um, there was no birth time listed. Wasn't able to find anyone who had a birth time or a suggested time of day or anything. So I went with the noon chart uh, for Cheryl in New York. That puts him as an Aquarius sun, sun in the 10th house, uh, with a big stellium on it, a big, a big uh, conjunction on it. Um, moon in Aries. We have the murder moon. That murder moon. There it is again. We need to just like plot how many know, murder moons we've murder had moon. on this podcast because we see it so much, especially with that aggression. Mm-hmm. We have Mercury, Pisces, and Mercury. Pisces, Mercury, Pisces. I love it. Um, we have Venus in Aquarius. We have Mars in Sagittarius. Jupiter in Aquarius, Saturn in Sagittarius. Um, I took my notes different this time, so you know, sorry if I'm wording things weird. What's interesting, I have so many similar placements. I also have my Mercury in Pisces. I have I my Venus in Aquarius. I have my Saturn in Sagittarius. Like, that's really fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Well, some of it is because you were born around the same year. Right. I was born mm-hmm. almost a year to the day after mm-hmm. him. Yeah. So but a lot of these planets hadn't moved much. But Mercury. Mercury is sad. So. Mercury has got, went all the way around. From yeah. Um, okay. So let's start with this murder moon situation. Um, Aries moons. 
are adventure seeking, they're spontaneous, they're self-starting, uh, passionate, very reactive, sometimes combative, which we definitely see gets triggered with him. Um, with a lot of these people that end up on our podcast, um, they definitely got the combative part going, um, and very driven energy as well. Being the youngest sign of the zodiac, there is always this kind of youthful quality to them. It's almost like um, it can get to be a little Peter Pan syndrome. I think, Ooh. like especially with his other placements, um, I'm kind of getting that vibe. Uh, like especially if he hadn't gotten to get gotten much experience romantically, right. and then when getting older, and then not having developed that part of his life, and just resort getting angry about it. That makes um, sense. Yeah, that makes <laughs> that's so what, much that's sense. The vibe I'm getting. Uh, yeah, so it can it can be a nice thing, like you could bring a fresh young energy to things you're doing with people, or it can kind of go the other way. Um, the big issue with this is that they'll process their feelings through this place of passion and fire and anger. So there's just um, most feelings turned into this like weird. Uh, anger mixed with the actual feeling situation. I've gotten Aries moon daughter now. Yep. Um, and she, it's weird, it's it's odd to me how many things just like get her fired up. Like she's happy about something, she's excited, she's also kind of mad. She's uh, embarrassed, she's also mad. She's sad, she's also mad. She's mad, she's also mad. It's, it's like... <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to talk about, um, about Just that. a little bit there. Yeah. It's, it was surprising to me. Um, I feel like I've been around a lot of kids. It's just a unique energy, for sure. Speak um, on it. You can yeah. definitely speak to this energy. Uh, she wants mom. She's also mad and doesn't want mom. So it's just the squat. <laughs> Uh, he does have this placement conjunct heiress, which is um, this really focused on a revolutionary energy, wanting to stir things up for like making things better in the long run. It's it's kind of also aggressive, um, but it's usually kind of focused more on the collective. So um, we see him not afraid to go against society. Ooh, we're gonna especially. see this a little bit, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> A lot in his career, which is mm -hmm. funny because he has a son in the 10th house. So you see it a lot mm -hmm. where he's in the medical field, but he's constantly challenging oh my God. His, uh, his educators. Like he's always like coming up with something kind of new and different. He's probably kind of a know-it-all. Yes. Very... That was something that I was talking to my son about last night. He helped me look at the chart. Oh, night. I love it. He's so intuitive. He was like picking up on stuff before I even told him what it was. Um, yeah, so this is a very brash, impulsive place for the moon to be and it's entirely connected to how he processes his feelings to his feelings um so it's a lot there's um let's see i'm trying to decide how much of this i'm going to go over right now there's um the aquarius part it's like a 10th house stuff happening um <laughs> there's so much in the 10th house and in aquarius that has the sun there jupiter there venus there and then Pisces right over, or Mercury right over the line in Pisces. That's the same one I keep mixing up for some reason today, isn't it? It's, it's okay. It's yeah. getting me. And you know, I think Pisces Mercury is trying to confuse me. As a person who has a mm -hmm. natal uh, placement that is that mm -hmm. Pisces Mercury, yes. I like to describe it as like you're a camera lens and someone mm -hmm. has smeared Vaseline over it yeah. and it's just like all skewed and weird and doesn't 
So I feel like that is exactly what's, what's happening. That's what's getting, happening to me. That's too. what's happening to you. You're getting uh, <laughs> Pisces Mercury really hard oh my God. in the face. Okay. Y'all handle it with, with ease, though. I don't know. I don't... No, we don't know what we're talking about. That's what it is. We make it look easy because we're also confused. It's fine. Well, um, Midheaven and Aquarius... Uh, this is where he's good, what he's going to be known for. Having his son there really makes it, it's kind of a fame placement, especially in Aquarius online. Things to do with the internet, things to do with the collective, the World Wide Web, I think it's very um, kind of Capricorn Aquarius. So um, seeing that there lines up with what he's known for very well. Um, his Venus is here as well, uh, which I think plays into him not really coming off as someone who would do something like this. Uh, these people can be recognized kind of for their their good looks, their charm, their um, loving manner. Like, I think that that kind of plays into the way he's seen before people knew the things he did. Um, he could probably kind of play it off. I think sometimes people with these, like, really prominent in-your-face Venus placements can hide a lot behind them. Um, like Venus first house people, oh. I think a lot about them, and then once I get to know them, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that is. I thought something was off, um, but that might just be me. I don't know. So, anyway, I think this is like that, but on a grand scale with society, with the tenth house, public life, uh, very tenth house. Uh, let's see. They can also seem like they're married to their work, like they're very. Their heart is invested in what their they, their like goals are. Um, so some people say that that can even take a toll on like their actual relationships because they're so invested in their work. Um, let's see, but they're good at organizing social events and stuff like that. Like he's good at probably organizing these people on Craigslist to come get murdered. Um, <laughs> There's, there's just so much here um, in this part of the chart. I just want y'all to remember this for later. Um, okay. I've also looked at the death chart already. I just want you guys to really remember this part of the chart. Um, oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, Philip Markoff is deceased, so there will be a death chart. So, yep. There we go. There will be a death chart. Could have been someone else's death chart. Um, let's see. As far as early life. Oh, I remember what I was going to say right there. Um, when I was talking to my son about his chart, I mentioned um, the 10th house was in Aquarius, and then my son goes, oh, like, he's known for being smart. And I was like, God, that kid that's is too weird smart. you said that. That kid uh, is way too smart. <laughs> he was absolutely known for that. Uh, yeah, so that, I was like, yeah, because I was about to mention that. Um, I was like, 10th house Aquarius people are not known for being stupid unless they just have such, such eccentric ideas people are, like, upset about it. Like, these are going to be very individualistic, known for being individualistic, known for uh, likely also being intelligent, um, and maybe kind of forward-thinking in general. Yeah. Um, it just sounds like he was. He was. <laughs> he also had a lot in Sagittarius, um, so I think that kind of plays into this invested in higher education. Uh, like you mentioned, he was doing a lot of things. Yeah. Um... I think I might wanna... leave it there. Maybe okay. maybe we talk about. We're about to get I into a mention... So, okay. Do, does that help? What do I need to think? What do I need to say you? before we talk about <laughs> romance?
there's there's something I think you all need to know before we talk about his relationships. Um, if you all remember an episode a while back when we talked about Mars conjunct Saturn and um, how this is like a cruel, evil king dictator vibe, that's what we have happening again with him. I can't remember who had that. <laughs> I can't remember who either, but I know we had it because um, I went back and found like the same phrasing I used back then. Right. So I wanted to refer to it. I should have looked and saw which episode it was. But he has Mars, Saturn, and Juno in Sagittarius all on top of each other, and then Uranus right next to it in the seventh house. Um, but Mars, Saturn, and Juno are in the sixth house. It's it's construction and action. Um, construction being like that, like building Saturn, climbing our mountain, um, energy and then action being very much the Mars placement. It can be very cruel, it can be like a dictator, forceful, very aggressive, um, obsessions get uh, very strong with this, especially anything to do with relationships because it is, um, or anything with commitment because it has to do with his Juno placement as well. Um, let's see, this might have been something to do with the split from his parents seeing a divorce the way he did and all these oppositions to um, his Chiron and Pallas and rising over across the chart in Gemini. But um, this is this ultimately makes him a very calculating, dominant type person. Um, Saturn really has a very cold influence on the fiery Mars placement um, where it, it, it just becomes so... Uh, stressful for me to try to feel into. Um, wow. <laughs> you can, they can kind of put their feelings on mute for the time being while they're like, there's this like restricting action and they're getting fired up at the same time and they um, almost nearly cancel each other out but in this like really freaky way. I just, <laughs> it freaks me out. <laughs> uh, there's kind of this emotional rationalization, especially with his palace across the chart. Um, opposing this um, palace has a lot to do with long term planning uh, you could say scheming if you wanted to especially in this context um, there's a theme of overcompensating with dominance Ooh. here um, feeling like they have earned the right to be in charge uh, they need to be in charge um, it can be it's, a, it's a sense of like achievement at the same time um, this power and control and like like there's there's goals behind it. Like um, it's very it's very gross to me. Uh, <laughs> recognition and respect from their actions. Their yep. that's their kind of the goal there. But it it can turn really twisted really easily with these type of placements and with all the squares. His is kind of debilitated. Um, uh, let's see. This this leads to the this kind of hints at this deep seated insecurity and narcissism uh, most often. Um, Repressed anger can come up, come through this very often as well. Um, if you have a placement like this and you don't want to be a murderer, um, <laughs> some of the tips that I've seen for this placement, like uh, managing this energy in a healthy way, would be vigorous, strenuous exercise, something that you could do and that you could have goals for over time. Um, let's see, this could also be a hint at uh, some really intense. BDSM, um, but I think his goes 
past that into being um, just abuse. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not consensual. No, that's, this, that's is not, this is it's, next level. It, it's not consensual, so it mm-hmm. doesn't fall into the BDSM category. No, I think he, what, he blew past that category. Right. Uh, right. He could be very easily triggered with this type of placement. Um, unwarranted authority, attitude, God complex, superiority complex. Saturn can hurt the ability to take action um, at times, like injuries, insecurities, kind of just like piling up, and then he gets more mad. And, um, let's see. There's Uranus here as well, and I wanted to touch on that for a second. Um, it adds this element of uh, eccentricity and unpredictability to this part of his self. Um, mm. When, when you've got this much of a, like an intense placement already, and then to have Uranus on top of it makes it really spontaneous, really chaotic. Um, that especially, tracks. Yeah, especially with the Uranus being right over in the seventh house, anything to do with partnerships or relationships, and anything that would be a mirror to himself. Um, and a lot of times I think the mirrors for the killers are the victims in a way. Okay. Um, Juno here, it makes the dynamic more intense in commitment and relationships. So I just wanted to say that again before we talk about relationships. Yep, this is good. Because <laughs> we'll talk all about, mm-hmm. are we ready to dive into relationships? So now we've looked at the chart. Let's kind of see what yeah. tracks here. So. Yeah. so after he graduated high school in 2004, Philip attended NYU, where he received a bachelor's degree in biology. So studied similar things <laughs> to you. Great. Uh, <laughs> at this time, he also met his future fiance, fellow pre-med student that I mentioned earlier, uh, Megan McAllister. My heart really goes out to her as we continue through this. Like, she's really trying to stay out of the public eye, and I want to be as respectful as possible to her for everything she went through. I can't even imagine how horrible um, this all was for her. But she was described as sweet, introverted, and quiet. She was a senior while Philip was a sophomore, so there's a tiny age gap, which is interesting to have the female be older than the male. Philip, like yep. you don't see that as often in relationships, so I found that fascinating. They met doing volunteer work at a nearby medical center emergency room, so they meet under this guise of, like, we're both giving back, we're both serving the community, we're both kind of have this in common, we're both in the medical field, so they're, they're really connecting over the things that, the, the interests that they share. So they started dating shortly after that. They had their first date a few months after meeting their first date. I do have a, I have a date on that. November 11th, 2005 was their okay. first date. If we ever Scorpio want to look at that. Mm-hmm. They got engaged three years later. So they dated for quite a while. And their wedding was set for August 14th, 2009 in Long Branch, New Jersey. So we have a lot of, if we ever want to pull, like, maybe we'll do that mm-hmm. for Patreon. Like, yeah, pull some. Some specific dates to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be a sunset ceremony on the beach at a resort. And she uh, hadn't really dated anybody before him. So she didn't really have much experience as far as relationships. And she was head over heels. Head over heels for Philip. You, we all remember that like first love, the first time that you felt those feelings. So once they both completed their undergrad in 2007, they moved to Boston. And they were both going to medical school and residing in Quincy, Massachusetts. So spring of 2009, things start to take a dark turn. 
Megan went out of town to be with her parents for a week in mid-April, and that's when literally all hell broke loose. So we're going to, I guess, jump right into his no, bad, boy bad boy behavior is the name of the section, <laughs> unless you have anything else about relationships. I can talk about his trauma a little bit. Okay. That, I mean, I feel like we'll get into, it'll probably really show in his behavior. Mm -hmm. So if you want to touch on okay. that really quick before we dive into... Because this next section is much longer, where we talk about his crimes. Even though it's through a very short window, we have tons There's a lot of, of detail. We have tons of details about this, which Perfect. this is the most detailed area that we have, because young wife um, mm -hmm. don't have much. There's just the one relationship to talk about. So. Yes. Yeah, and I think with his young life, when I was looking at the chart, um, having Pallas in your first house in Gemini, it feels kind of harsh. Um, along, I mean, if, if that is his, uh, ch chart time, we're kind of looking at the new chart here, but, um, when we get over to the, um, fourth house noon chart, I mean, this Saris retrograde placement with a ton of squares on it, like, I just think that, um, no matter where this ends up on his chart, it is very harsh, <laughs> um, harsh growing up energy. We have Pluto on the south node, which is also very harsh on his past. Um, and then his north node has Pholus on it. So it's like harsh past, excessive future. Um, let's see, Saturn, Saturn, Mars, Juno, like we talked about again, very hard. And the thing about it is the palace, the, the Gemini placements, um, being Chiron, the rising and palace, and the Sagittarius placements, being Uranus, Juno, Saturn, and Mars, are both square off, squaring off to Ceres retrograde uh, in Virgo. And I think uh, a troublesome Ceres placement in Virgo would feel like very critical, very harsh. Um, home life, like if, when you're most comfortable, you're being like beaten down. Like I just don't huh. feel like that's very good. <laughs> Um, feels very rough. The Chiron, um, squaring off with Ceres, like, in Gemini, they wear many faces. Speech issues, dyslexia, issues with early education, um, anything that would make it more stressful for him to express himself in general falls under that category with Gemini. Um, health issues with the vocal cords, shoulders, arms, hands, respiratory system. Um, let's see. And I, I kind of, I just, I think there had to have been a lot of, a lot of stress in the home and a lot of really divisive, we have to make a decision about this or that right now because of these little details, really, really picking everything apart, blowing up, um, chaotic, unpredictable with the Uranus square, um, and all of this making it like where he can't feel like he's being himself. So I just, hmm. <sighs> so much. Are we ready to see how that kind of plays into exactly what he did? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then you'll probably have a lot more to say after hearing this. So this is where I'm going to go ahead and put the trigger warning. Mm -hmm. Once again, this is where we are going to get into the details of what he did. He was very violent physically and violent sexually. So we're 
gonna have to talk about that. So just warning to any sensitive viewers. Oh, that was my other thing. I, I was like, this chart looks like it, there could have been some SA. Yeah. 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 It, when he was younger. Yeah. Oh, wow. That he was victimized? I mean, I do, I, looks like, or at some point in his life, whether he's the one doing it or... Okay. And a lot of times those placements end up looking very similar on the chart, where, like... Um, Just at some point. They are being victimized or victimizing someone else in that way. It's a theme. So, bad boy behavior. Here we go. So, the crime spree, once again, is very short-lived. And with today's technology, there's no telling how much damage he would have done if he had been born in a different time. Like, if he had had more avenues than just Craigslist. Uh, Because, again, this was like 2009, 2008. This was right before... You know, there was social media, but things just weren't it wasn't as, like, no. you didn't have it on your phone necessarily back then, or they were just starting to come out with smartphones. Like this was all a, um, a transition time of technology. Like now things really haven't changed much in the last Huge. decade or so with technology and how it works. Like we, we've all known about that for quite some time now, but yeah, this was a turning point where technology was really taking off. So, like, nobody really, I don't think, uses Craigslist much anymore. Mm-hmm. And this was a main avenue at the mm-hmm. time. So, technology was the avenue for these crimes to happen. I don't know that he would have been a killer without it. If he had been born in, a you know, 20 years sooner, if he had ever found an avenue to really act out this darkness, mm-hmm. it's very Aquarius themes with how the crimes were committed. Mm-hmm. So, it's like the use of technology to facilitate that, which is interesting. Yes. Especially seeing he had like stellium energy. Oh going yeah, on a lot there. happening in Aquarius, and I think he likes that element of separation a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The anonymity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So these allegations were never confirmed, but the potential motive for his crimes was uh, that he had gambling issues and needed to pay off some debts. So that's that's one. Keep that in mind as we go through this. Uh, that's one theory on on why a lot of people just wanted to know why. A Pisces placement with an addiction? <laughs> what? What? That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so, in his free time, Philip was said to have enjoyed staying up all night playing poker with his friends. He had That'd a reputation... Cool. Do what? Nothing. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> he had a reputation for being a serious player who by all accounts did not take losing lightly very competitive. It was said that he was around $13,000 in debt, which is pretty serious for a young person uh, who's like a college student. Like a college student typically doesn't have that kind of money to be throwing away with gambling. It's also very clear that there was a sadistic sexual component going on uh, as well. So it started when he answered an ad on Craigslist. He agreed to meet up with an escort and there's a conflict on what her name was. I've seen it listed two different ways. Uh, Tina or Trisha Leffler. Okay. I've seen both names in multiple sources. So calling that out as something I could not nail down as to what her true name is. Maybe that's good. We don't want to drudge up anything for her. But he meets up with an escort at a local hotel on April 10th, 2009. She did an interview. She has gone public about the attack. And in the interview, she said that he sounded really nice over the phone. Uh, He only wanted an hour with her, which would be $200. He said that was fine. 
everything seemed like business as usual for her as an escort. Nothing, no red flags were, you know, when you work in that industry, you tend to know when to pick up red flags. Like you're starting yeah. to see a pattern or, you know, when you get a gut feeling like, ooh, I probably shouldn't. Venus mm -hmm. conjunct the sun and Mercury. Yeah. He sounds so nice. He sounds, he sounds so, so nice. nice. And after Philip entered the room, she was... This is trigger warning. This is where there's some uh, SA going on. She was bound, gagged, and robbed at gunpoint. So he ended up stealing her debit card and $800 in cash. He made her lay down on the floor and put her hands behind her back. From there, he zip-tied her hands. She said his demeanor was shockingly calm during the robbery as well, and he also grabbed her phone out of her purse and erased the call history. She cooperated. She did everything he said because he had a gun. And he didn't leave right away either. He kind of took his time, which I find pretty interesting. And at this point, she says that she saw him take her underwear from her suitcase and put it in his pocket. Then he made her go into the bathroom where he tied her up more. She's already zip-tied, but he actually physically ties her up and he duct tapes her mouth shut. She could hear him from the bathroom. She could hear him rummaging around the hotel room. He came and checked her restraints one more time, and then he leaves the room. So it's a very weird encounter. It's He goes straight from, hi, you know, casual, casual interaction to aggressive, dominant, forceful, taking control of the situation, taking physical control of her. So she frees herself. If you are in Northwest Arkansas and looking for affordably priced photography and videography services, then you should definitely reach out to Nice NWA. Yes, you should. With photo sessions starting at $100, now is a great time to update your company's headshots, get graduation photos, new family pictures, and more. Looking for video work instead? Yes, videos start at just $300 and are a great way to boost your marketing engagement online with current customers and potential new customers. It's also a great way to create highlight reels of your next event or just to tell your story in an exciting and creative way. NICE is not just locally owned and operated, but is also a certified minority and veteran-owned business that started right here in Northwest Arkansas in 2017. So go check them out on Facebook or on Instagram at NiceNWA or by visiting their website at NiceNWA.com. She freed herself from their restraints. She made her way to a neighboring hotel room. She called the cops uh, because he cut, he cut the phone line to the room, which is another interesting tidbit because she had a cell phone. He knew she had a cell phone. He erased the cell phone, but then cuts the phone. I don't know. That part doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me as like he was just mm -hmm. trying. It doesn't seem very well thought out No. Um, in that regard, but everything else seems very well planned. He brought the restraints with him. He brought a gun with him. He knew he wanted to rob her and just to dominate her. Not even with, uh, there was no sexual activity at all, which I'm very glad for her that, yeah. Uh, it didn't turn out that way. It's still extremely traumatic. So all of this happens. And then four days later, on April 14th, he answered another Craigslist ad offering erotic massage services. And he agreed to meet a woman named Julissa Brisman at a different hotel in the Boston area. So this is all happening in the same area around 10 p.m. She was a former party girl who had recently gotten sober. She was pursuing a career in acting and modeling. She was really excited about her life. Everybody who knew her said that she just was kind of making a turn. She was still doing some escort type work, the massages. She was still, you know, yeah. 
doing some of those things, but had really made very positive changes in her life. She, she had aspirations of becoming a drug and alcohol counselor one day. So she really wanted to use her experiences to help other people. She sounds like a wonderful, wonderful girl, but sadly, that dream was never realized. The bills needed to be paid, and that's why she was doing sex work to make ends meet. She was 26 years old. It was actually, she was still 25. This all happened a week before her birthday. Really, really sad. She was found unconscious with multiple gunshot wounds at the hotel later that evening. She had three... Uh, shots to the head and three to the abdomen. So it's six gunshot wounds in total. That's wow. somebody who opened fire on her. Absolutely opened fire on her. She also had multiple blows to the head from the butt of the gun. She was still she was still alive. They transferred her to uh, Boston Medical Center and then she died from her injuries. So this was actually the same hospital where Philip Markoff volunteered where she ends up going. So that's, ugh, I have chills saying that. Ugh. Gross. Okay. So police say the confrontation between the victim and her killer seemed to have begun as an attempted robbery, just like the first attack was a robbery where the victim complied. So this ended where it looked like she clearly fought back. This was a girl who is changing her life. She's working hard for her money. She's trying to make ends meet. Somebody's trying to rob her. She's like, no, not today. Fights back ultimately ends up losing her life as a result, which is just so, so, so sad. My heart goes out to her family and friends uh, who were watching her improve and then yeah. losing her like this is really terrible. So people who knew her said she was a really tough girl. They weren't surprised that she tried to fight back. It was also noted that she was bound with zip ties as a form of restraint. So again, that's his, that's his methodology. It's tying back. That's things that they're gonna connect later in the attacks with them being so close together in the same city craigslist was involved uh, the same type of victim everything's kind of falling in line where they're like this has to be the guy that was just reported from this other attack mm -hmm. so they're already on high alert like police are already starting to connect the dots here but she was discovered lying in the doorway of her room and an eyewitness in a neighboring room heard the commotion saw jaleesa's body halfway out the door and called security right away Hotel surveillance videos show a tall, clean-cut, young, blonde man in a black windbreaker, matching Philip's description, leaving the property. This all happened right around the time of the Boston Marathon, too, so there were tons of people in town that weren't normally there, mm -hmm. more tourism, the hotels were more packed than normal. Citizens were definitely scared when the news hit, and the police jumped straight into action, which was great. Uh, two days after killing Jaleesa, Philip responds to another Craigslist ad. So we're seeing this go on and on, and he's just kind of on a rampage here. This time, the victim's name was Cynthia Melton. She was an exotic dancer from Vegas, offering lap dances and services uh, on site. So Philip agreed to meet her at a Holiday Inn, this time in Rhode Island. So he changed cities this time. That's interesting. He was smart in yeah. that way where he knew, okay, I've already committed two crimes in one area. I committed a murder time to switch gears and find a new a new place so he chose to travel about 60 miles away for this one so he knew the investigation was heating up after he committed a homicide he starts suddenly being a little bit more careful in where he is going to you know do these attacks so on the way to the hotel he's this is this is not smart uh for a, for a smart guy this next move not smart on the way to the hotel 
he stops at a Walmart and he uses a stolen credit card from his first victim. Oh, um, wow. Trisha or Tina, not sure, Leffler's stolen credit cards. And he uses this to buy a baseball cap, his disguise. That's, that's all. That's wow. literally the whole disguise. He's so cocky wow. that he's like, I'll just put on a hat. It's fine. Uh, so he got to her room just before 11 p.m. She said that he was young and professional looking. She let him in the door. So she's scanning him before allowing him into the room. Her defenses are down. She's thinking, like, no problem. Uh, he, because of his clean-cut, preppy appearance. Again, his appearance is being used to his advantage mm -hmm. uh, to gain trust. Yep. So, he's, Venus. he's visibly disarming. <sighs> visibly very disarming. Right away, as soon as they're in the room, he pulls a gun. He demands money. So, robbery seems to be, like, the main motive each time, along with just the control and the... There's obviously a sexual component to it because he's choosing sex workers every mm -hmm. time as well. So, whether or not he's actually acting out sexually, he is... Um, selecting a certain type of victim. There's something about that yeah. that is sexually gratifying for him. Like, we see that over and over. Even if it's just the control and the binding, it's, it's it plays into this whole thing. So she screams, and he tells her to shut up and follow instructions. Once again, finds her hands behind her back. He searched the room. He asked where her laptop was. She said she didn't have one. And he threatened to kill her if he found one. So he was, you know, using intimidation. She was so lucky because her husband was traveling with her and he was down in the lobby while all of this is happening. And a lot of sex workers have done that, you know, in the past where if they're going out for a job, they're not just going to be alone. They've got a trusted friend. They've got their spouse, their partner, somebody in either the adjacent hotel room or at the property and there's like a time limit so if something goes wrong they know to step in uh, or there's a signal and in this case they had a safety signal so he was standing by just like waiting for that check-in mm -hmm. and when he didn't receive that uh he went up to the room with his key opens the door sees his wife bound on the floor and philip is there with a gun so the husband went into the hallway. Philip followed him, mm -hmm. and they ran in opposite directions. So once he got disturbed and disrupted in the middle he of it, bailed. he bails uh, because he knows, like, he's completely fucked at this point. So Cynthia immediately called hotel security, realized this was the same guy who committed the crimes in Boston. It was all put together. Wow. He did get away, but she survived, and once again... He's on the hotel surveillance cameras in the, the stairwell and the lobby. So when he's entering and when he's leaving, they have all of his um, build, makeup. The police are able to say, okay, now he's now he's moving to a different city. That makes it even scarier. Yeah. That he's starting to travel. It's not just the Boston area. He's he's willing to travel to commit these crimes. I feel so. like his mindset must have been like, well, I'm already have people probably on my Kale, I might as well keep doing what I want to do right. until I can't anymore. Right. And as far as the surveillance cameras go, like in 2009, mm -hmm. like so places had them, but not every place. And I know a lot of places had them, like, right. like they didn't work, but they had them up there for show. Yep. <laughs> and of course, it wasn't hard for law enforcement to put all this together because modern technology. Hello. Yeah. The police immediately suspected that the three crimes, close in time, similar in many ways, were committed by the same person. They have the surveillance footage. 
Uh, they have confirmed cell phone activity. They have email evidence to link into all the crimes. They have several track, wow. track phones, uh, like burner phones, and pairs of stolen women's underwear. Um, like, they find all of this, and two of them belong to his first victim. She identified him from the surveillance footage, so he gets caught really fast. Like, it doesn't, it is not hard to track him down. Like, IP address tells you exactly where this person is. And I don't think people were as smart about that in 2010. No, a lot of people didn't know what an IP address was. Right. I think most people know it. Now, I mean, it would be like, you know, this is... This is almost 15 years later. Like yeah. we, we've learned a lot about and like cybercrime and, and just the common knowledge is different. I mean, he was probably smarter than he should right. have probably known, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, but I really like they released all the videos of him, the surveillance footage yeah. on the news, so people were seeing that. But really, it was the email address he used to communicate communicate through Craigslist ended up being the main break again. IP address like a computer phone thumbprint. So yeah. it really it only took them a couple of days to catch him. So do you want to talk anything about crimes before we kind of go into the investigation and trial and all of that? I just think he became. I keep looking at this Jupiter Sun Venus conjunction and Aquarius. Like he really just had such an expansive presence, especially with how he became known. Um, and how he changed so many people's outlook on, like, the internet and online communities like Craigslist. I think mm-hmm. that there's just such an impact that he had um, through such a vast, like, part of the world. Like, I just, I don't think that people, how many, how many jokes did you hear about, like, anything to do with Craigslist about, like, oh, you're not going to kill me, right? Like, right. oh, this isn't, you're not, like, a killer, right? Like, you're not going to murder me because, like, over Craigslist. Like, I think that it just became such a big, well-known thing. Um, and the way that he does appear, also with this placement, that Venus, I just keep looking at the Venus placement, or he just seems, like, comes off so nice, like, everything's chill. And there is a quintile aspect over from um, where the Venus is over to the Mars, Saturn, Juno uh, Uranus, part of the chart, Sagittarius, uh, which kind of, they mix them, those parts of his personality work together to come up with creative solutions for the, the other part. Like, um, I could very much see, like, that Mars-Saturn using, you know, finding a creative way to get what it wants through that Venus-Jupiter-Mercury-Sun placement, um, and vice versa. Um, it's very, very manipulative. Um, and then, uh, I also don't think I mentioned, he has Lilith in Taurus, which squares off with the uh, Jupiter, Venus, Mercury, Sun <laughs> conjunction. Um, it just, it's just such a lustful, uh, rude, I'm going to get my way, no budging type of manipulation that comes out of that type of Lilith placement. Um, there's so much here. Yeah. Okay. We, we can go back into this and let you, there's so many, yes. so many things. I think this next section, section, we go into the investigation and it all I keeps, do want to hear more about this. It keeps going back to the way he looks and presents because the police were not expecting it either. Mm-hmm. So, um, he, he fit, he didn't fit the profile that they had imagined on paper, but he did fit the visible description when they saw Philip, they certainly didn't expect a clean-cut, good-looking medical student to be 
their person. He just and, has enough insecurities underneath it all. And who the fuck did this remind everybody of? Ted Bundy! Because law enforcement couldn't believe such a nice guy. He's a psychology student. Mm-hmm. He's so intelligent. He's pre-law. He's so clean cut. Like, they don't expect the violence and the yeah. types of crimes to happen from these unassuming, visibly um, nice-looking, I'm using air quotes, uh, people could be the guy. And then they have this charm about them, too. So it's like, yeah. oh, we don't expect that. And But, of course, they have enough evidence to arrest Philip, And they did on April the 20th, while he and his poor fiance Megan, were on their way to a casino. Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut. So, oh, remembering mom. <laughs> <laughs> they had to get him before he left the state, so it was a frantic arrest. When he was pulled over and arrested, Philip didn't ask questions, had nothing to say. When the cops seized his vehicle with a warrant, he refused to speak without a lawyer, but Megan had a lot of questions for the officers, rightfully so. She has no idea about any of this. They're about to get married. This is April. Their wedding is planned for August. They're four months out from a wedding. And when you're in that wedding planning yeah, mode, it's very... you are trying to make sure all your ducks are in a row, wedding focus. So, like, I feel like there's some blinders on from that, too, where yeah. it's like you're so preoccupied mm-hmm. with making sure that you're getting all the details covered as far as a wedding. It's huge. Yeah. And then your fiancé is out doing disgusting stuff, living a total double life. Like, ew. Um <sighs> So I'm sure this was extremely traumatic for her. I feel so Of awful course this kind of comes up when he's looking to get married. Uh-huh. With yep. the Juno. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was reportedly inconsolable finding out all these details. I can only imagine. I feel like that's an extremely valid response. And on April 21st, so the day after he's arrested, actually we've got conflicting timelines. Another report said June. So mm-hmm. one, one account says it was the very next day. Another says June. I think June is more plausible because he was arraigned for the murder. Yeah. It takes a little bit more time to file charges and do all those things. Mm-hmm. You don't typically have an arraignment like the day after you're arrested, mm-hmm. but they yeah. did have lots of evidence, so I don't know. This this case moved really fast. The crime was really fast as well, so interesting airy season. You feel it like moving, moving very quickly. Mm-hmm. It does move into Taurus so the, the sun, anyway. So, as for the physical evidence, he, uh, the prosecutor stated that there was a semi-automatic 9mm handgun inside a hollowed-out medical book that he had. So he went through some, wow. like, he literally carves out a shape to keep a gun in It takes in a, a lot book. of time, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The level of, like, detail in that um, is interesting. They also found wrist restraints and duct tape in his apartment. They had fingerprint evidence at the scenes, uh, the, in, the aforementioned underwear that he took from his victims. He found They found those hidden in a sock and placed under his mattress. Still, this asshole pleads not guilty to the crimes. Was it me? Somebody else. They have all this evidence. Uh-huh. Um, so on May 4th, Rhode Island officials issued a warrant for his arrest on the April 16th attack because we're doing, we have Boston, Massachusetts, and we have Rhode Island. So we have two crimes in Boston, one in a different state. So you've got two different jurisdictions filing charges against him. So there's a lot going on simultaneously um, between these two departments. So that's where the attempted robbery of Cynthia Melton, 
The state's attorney general said that their prosecution would have to wait until the Boston charges were resolved because that's where the homicide, they want to take care of that one first. So there's going to be, again, there's a lot going on all at once. We don't need to get too in the weeds about that. Um, but the trial was expected to begin in July of 2010, but it was delayed until March. Interesting. So, so almost back around to Aries Taurus season, yep. which is where his uh, north node is. With Bolas, so a lot of that is destiny shit. Hmm. Yeah. And now I'm going to switch gears, go back to Megan for a second. It's like, <laughs> what is she thinking at this point? You know, she's yes. obviously not going to have her wedding. Yeah. How devastating is that for a young woman? Her first love, she thought she's found true love, and uh, everything just really falls apart. She leaves for a week, and the whole world falls apart. Like, around Literally. Her. I can't even imagine how this had to be like the ultimate having a rug pulled out from under you like type of feeling also like feeling scared you know like what if i had gone through with this and well initially right initially she did believe he was innocent Mm -hmm. and that it was some sort of mistake like they they had to make make well yeah like this is crazy out of nowhere yeah to quote her directly she said philip was beautiful inside and out and she didn't believe that he was capable of any of this. She also went on the record to say, I just can only hope that the criminal justice system will not be overwhelmed and persuaded with what is being put forth in the media. My fiance's fate should not rest in the court of public opinion, mm-hmm. but rather a court of law. During the times that the crimes were committed, Megan was obviously planning the wedding. She didn't suspect that anything was wrong, but on April 29th, so just nine days after his arrest, she visited him in jail, and she called off the wedding. Wow. So this is, you can imagine more things are getting out in the media. Yeah. She's seeing, She's seeing more of the proof. Mm-hmm. On June 11th, she visited him a second time and told him that she did not plan to see him again for, quote, a long period of time, if ever. And I'm sure yes. this was just horrific. Yeah. Yeah. for her. My heart, again, goes out at her. She's truly a victim in this case. He was a manipulative person, living a full-on double life. Um, and as the police dug further into his internet history, they learned more and more about his dark sexual fixations. He was distraught after losing Megan, though. And he was placed on suicide watch in prison. So, we'll get into that later. Let's see what else you want to say about the investigation. Oh, yeah. We, we are almost through all of our crime notes here. Well, I keep looking at um, the North Node for this area of life. You know, we've, we've talked about his past. A lot of it was just really harsh with Pluto and um, very threatening in a lot of ways, but more like internalized in an, in an internalized way with it being retrograde. But then on the North Node side, um, kind of where he's heading in life, it's got um, some sextiles up to the conjunction on the cusp of Aquarius and Pisces. Um, So it's connected there. It's also trying his Neptune placement, which I don't think I've actually mentioned yet, um, but that his Neptune is in Capricorn, um, which would have a lot to do with the way that he is uh, perceiving things and the way that he's being perceived. Um, That Neptune placement squares off with his moon and makes a sextile to, um, of course, the south node and Pluto. Um, Trine 
over to Ceres. I think it's just all connected. It's like, it looks, his chart's very much like this web of past shit running yeah. into future shit. <laughs> um, I, I don't see anything that's really standing alone. You know, not that anything does actually stand alone on the chart, but some more than others. Uh, but really, it's just all very it's like intertwined. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think... There's not, like, if I was advising him, like, one part of his chart that I would be like, all right, we really need to focus on just this, and then things will improve. Like, I think um, it's it would be addressing everything on the chart the way that it maps out for him. I, you know, and I'm kind of hesitant to say that, but, like, it, that's how I, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> um, oh, there's this... Um, one, one little aspect that I don't usually talk about on here that's kind of funny for the trials. Um, okay. So there's a semi-square from the North Node over to um, his, his part of happiness, the point of happiness. <laughs> and it's just um, an Arabic part. Uh, it's like he's still striving to make the best out of it at all. He's yeah. still striving to be happy and have a good time and and um, give himself happiness in his uh, future destiny. He's always striving for happiness. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, not only he's succeeding, but he is, um, that is what he's really trying to do. He's pining for that um, happy energy. Yeah. But his, his ha part of happiness is pretty difficult and bright stuck in between uh, Chiron retrograde and Pallas in Gemini. Okay, well, we got trauma. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of that is going to come into play with this last little bit. Uh, we were going to talk about the theories of his motive and what is speculated there, and then we're going to get into his death and look at the charts there. So, for theories of motive, uh, pathological thrill seeker, compulsive gambling corroborates this theory that that was the main thing, was needing a thrill. Uh, the robbery and the financial debt, he was $130,000 in student debt and $13,000 in gambling debt. So those were two things that played into the robbery was the first thing he wanted to do each time. He was acting out of sexual fantasy and the burglary was secondary is another theory because taking the underwear, taking, um, you know, taking a trophy that is so sexual and choosing mm -hmm. victims that work in a sexual field, like, that's definitely a component of the fantasy of what he was trying to do. Um, Very Lilith Taurus taking the panties. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, he had his own profile on Craigslist showing that he was seeking sexual encounters and meetups. Many of the chats and attempted meetups were with transgendered people. So um, he was looking and fantasizing about something, something that was unconventional mm -hmm. for him probably and for probably people in his circle. It suggests that he was potentially at war with himself and his desires. So they've uh, speculated that caused a fractured identity for him, yeah. kind of being at odds with yourself and your sexuality. I know I've personally dealt with some of that type of, um, like for me, it's a Venus Mars square where I have dealt mm -hmm. with something similar to that. So, like, I understand what that fractured identity he, is. Kind he's of. close to having that. Maybe. Really? Where, yeah. Um, his ad, his ad that he placed said that he was a sex addict and he included pictures of his torso and described his physical build. So he's got a lot of that on there, but, um, now we're going to get into his death. So 
Philip attempted suicide several times during his incarceration, with the first just being three days after his arrest. So almost immediately wow. he's trying to escape it. He made a second attempt when Megan broke up with him, and then a third attempt on the day that his wedding was supposed to take place. So I feel like there's a lot of this, like you said, trying to be in this happy place mm -hmm. and romanticizing what's going on. I feel like with him, like suicide was very romanticized, like yeah. almost a Romeo Juliet in his mind. Like he's kind of having some delusions about it. Um, so he was placed on suicide watch and in psychiatric hold multiple times, but still Philip died by suicide on August 15th, 2010, which was one year and one day after his planned wedding date. So it was like the first, the first anniversary of it came around. The second time it came around, he succeeded in his attempts um, to end his life. So officers found him dead in his cell where he had covered himself head to toe with a blanket. Trigger warning. We're going to talk about exact, exact death um, things right here. He used a knife that he made from a pen and a piece of metal to cut arteries. And of course, mm. he's a medical student. He knows, he knows what which ones to cut. He cuts arteries in his ankles, legs, and neck. He also swallowed toilet paper and tightened a plastic bag over his head with gauze. Before taking his own life, he wrote Megan's name and their pet names for each other in blood on the cell wall and had photographs of the two of them scattered around him. So he is absolutely reliving and pining for this, mm -hmm. like, happy place. Uh, and I feel like wanting to end his life was, like, maybe hoping he could transcend into this other world where, like, an alternate reality. Is yeah, what it seemed like the better option. Mm -hmm. That's really what it feels like, yeah. just from the details of this. It's also... I mean, um, from his perspective, it seemed like the better option. Right, and he used his medical knowledge to aid in his suicide, knew exactly where to access the main arteries in his body, and in review of his crimes, police say that he had all the markings of a sexual offender without actually sexually assaulting his victims, so it's interesting. At the same time, he kept trophies, underwear to remember them and remember the crimes. It's tragic all around. There was so much evidence that he would have undoubtedly been convicted of first-degree murder. And by all accounts, Megan has done her best to move on with her life after this. And we wish her, all the surviving victims and their families, all the best. Trisha still seems to be coping. Um, she seems to be coping pretty well with all of it, from what I've seen of her doing multiple interviews and like being very forthcoming. Uh, Julissa's family was still extremely heartbroken. It's just awful. Um, it's a shame that they did not get the true justice. Uh, in court that those families deserved. I am, for their sake, kind of happy that they didn't have to go through the court proceedings because sometimes that can be really tough for the victim's families to have mm -hmm. to go through months and months and months and hearing all the details and seeing all the pictures yeah. and waiting for the jury to make a decision. And sometimes that doesn't go as planned. So, you know, they were spared of that, but they were also not given that opportunity for justice, which is unfortunate. And another tragedy is that Philip had such a promising life, and he threw it all away. Good point, he threw it all away. And after this case, this is a very Aquarius worldwide thing, mm -hmm. Craigslist shut down their erotic services section for the entire globe after this happened. Yeah. So that is uh, my full, full notes, <laughs> full notes happening. Yeah, that's a lot to process. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. 
I, I didn't know about them shutting down part of the website because yep. of it. Yep. So big, grand um, mm -hmm. consequences yeah. worldwide trying to prevent more of these types of crimes from happening. It's good they were taking it seriously. Absolutely. I think it scared a lot of people because, you know, Craigslist was an avenue for sex work at the time. For so many things, for anything back then. I think, mm -hmm. um, I mean, people posted job listings, people posted, things you, you know, buy. it was like a little Facebook marketplace. It Personals, was like just, a dating uh, site. Yeah, like if, you, oh, I saw this girl at this coffee shop, what was it? Uh, Missed, Missed Encounters? No. Is it Missed, Missed Encounters? Something. I know you're talking about because I used to love reading those. <laughs> I thought they were so romantic and sweet and I always like wanted to I imagine. I mean, it was everything. I wanted to imagine yeah. those people found each other and like went on a date <laughs> that went really well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always really loved reading the misconnection. Yes, misconnection. That's what it we're is. We're close. Okay. We're close. Man. Okay. So, hmm. The death chart. Um, he, I found that he was found at 10:15. I'm not sure. We don't know exactly the time he would have passed, but he was pronounced dead at 10:15. I imagine it didn't take long. Am. And then mm -hmm. I know that they did checks sure did about rounds. every 30 minutes, I believe. So um, it's probably not too far off, but I yeah. we won't know if it's the exact time passing. Um, but even it being the time he was found dead is very interesting um, with the way that this lines up. Mm. Um, and one thing I, as we were speaking, I didn't know when I pulled this chart that it had to do with um, his wedding date. But uh, Folis is at the part of his chart, um, which, you know, is connected to his north node and his destiny on his natal chart. On his death chart, it is in the spot of his Juno placement. Oh, it wow. It is like nearly at the same degree. Wow. Um, and it's retrograde, so it's like this look, this internalized, excessive Ugh. stress chills. on that, yeah. I have a lot of chills during this episode. Part. Yes. <sighs> also in Sagittarius on his death chart is Ceres. Which squares off to the natal Ceres placement that I had was speaking about earlier in Virgo. Um, but there, for the death chart, is Mercury. Um, so Mercury is in the opposite sign. We have a lot of oppositions uh -huh. for his, this death chart. We, we tend to have a lot of conjunctions and oppositions on death charts. Um, I, I'm almost tending to think that like the way that he did it is just so oppositional um, in some way. Uh, that's why it reflected on that side of the chart rather than conjunctions. But um, for his death chart, I'll just run through it really quick. Um, but those were highlights I had to get off of my <laughs> chest like immediately. Yep. Um, the sun was in Leo. Uh, the moon was in Scorpio. Um, we have uh, rising at uh, Libra for 1015. Um, it looks like it would it would be like uh, an hour-ish before it would have been in Virgo. So like, it, it, I think it probably was somewhere in Libra at the time of death, um, unless they really just didn't check on him for a while. Um, Virgo, we have Mercury, like I mentioned. We have Venus in Libra, Mars in Libra, Saturn in Libra, Jupiter in Aries. Um, so <clears throat> this... This is a lot. There's um, the sun being in Leo is opposite his natal sun sign. And if you go by the noon chart, it's in the opposite house as well. Wow. Um, so, it, you know, the, the opposite um, sun sign here, I think, is huge. And Juno is in Leo with the sun here. Um, 
just to throw it out there. It is making a trine up to Folis where his natal Juno is. Also, we have a lot of Juno stuff happening, so I'm not surprised that it connected so much with his would-be wedding. Um, there's so many aspects. I had noticed them, but I didn't think much of them. Right. Um, I was excited to see how that lined up just based on the dates and yeah. knowing that the first time that he had that, it, well, it wasn't the first time, but like his mm -hmm. second attempt was on the wedding day and then the, the successful attempt was exactly a year and a day later, wow. the day after the supposed wedding day. So something hits his chart each time that it comes around in those spaces, like again and again. So yeah, he's in that same mindset, but like um, ended his life successfully I use the word successfully right um, and that makes a difference in know. astrology like attempts don't ring the same way right <laughs> as an actual death we've seen it before where sometimes uh people have multiple death times mm -hmm. where they'll be pronounced dead but then they'll be mm -hmm. revived and then they officially mm -hmm. die and you see how the chart changes it shifts enough up. to actually let them pass Selena was one of those that yeah. I remember that we covered and had the two times and yes things Probably lined like up that episode if yeah things lined up the second time where she was mm -hmm. actually like it opened up for passing yes it's very interesting to see that that it's very it very much looks like what we have here um the Saros placement being where his natal uranus is in sagittarius i think it speaks it like that's this um comfort in the chaos situation making a trine down to the sun and leo uh, on the death chart um which also makes it, it's a really a grand trine makes another trine over to eris where his moon is in um Air, aries with eris it's just i feel like it's all so connected here with his um death on this day here there's uh like almost this feeling of um absolution or like a resolution to the trauma like he the way he died he was very like in the comfort that he couldn't have like yeah he was very he had surrounded himself with that feeling that he had been wanting mm -hmm. for so long um, so like complex when you really start to look at that yeah. it was a very romanticized ending of the, mm -hmm. the physical world so mm -hmm. it's really yeah um, we have the moon near, nearly opposing his natal moon but it's, it's in Scorpio um, I guess there's a chance the moon if, if it's a longer time before he died uh, that the moon could have been in Libra, like really opposing his natal moon. Um, and Mercury, again, opposing the sign and would be the also the house of his uh, noon chart. And I think the, the strongest oppositions being the sun and Mercury. We really see the sun as like the livelihood of a person, uh, their whole body, their physicality, um, their vitality. That's the word I wanted, really wanted. Um, Mercury being... Um, the kind of tends to be the voice and then the upper body, like uh, people connect the hands and the arms and the shoulders a lot with Mercury. So death by his own hand. Ah. Uh, we have his, his life, his vitality being taken by his own hand. I think that that's really telling. Wow. Um, seeing that those are direct, and direct opposition. Other like kind of deeper layer here mm -hmm. is the areas where he cut wrists and neck. Yeah. Or in those, so it's like, it's the upper body. Mm -hmm. Uh, he did and the ankle is, well, is but... ankles connected to Aquarius. Wow. So, I mean, 
I think it's very fascinating the way that lined out. Um, I wish I could see more detail, obviously, right. but there's, um, oh, what else did I have here? <laughs> there's a lot going on. Um, I was looking a lot. Oh, I see what this was. Okay. The conjunction I told you to remember earlier. Yes. Okay. Um, the main two, there was that one in Aquarius and that one in Sagittarius. Now, um, picture all those planets just coming down to hang out on one part of the chart for when he dies. Just, okay. Just all of those conjunction planets come right on down to Libra and Aquarius and Aries, I mean, um, where we have Venus, Mars, Saturn all together in Libra in the 12th house of the death chart. And then we have the other two, Uranus and Jupiter retrograde um, in Aries on the other side of the chart, um, right on that cusp, hanging out right over that cusp. And I, of Aries and Pisces. Um, these were the two major parts of his personality that have all come down and formed this huge, like when you look at this, it's a huge opposition. Yeah. It's square, they're all squaring off to the nodes at the time. Um, it makes a huge square yeah. on the chart. Um, and then looking at it more past that, the, the moon and the sun, um, the other placements I just talked about before this, also um, making uh, this, this cross square with the nodes and these placements, it's all lining up. Um, I can't remember what this is called. Um, in the moment, I'm a little hazy today, but um, this is a very complex um, uh, interaction on the chart with all these placements for wow. his death chart. Um, I think it's very telling how everything kind of comes together at the time of death, because uh, some of these placements, um, it's just so odd to see them together for any long amount of time. Um, it's not odd, but it's not as common, you know, for this many planets to be all uh, together with some of them being uh, fast paced ones, with some being slow paced ones. Mercury is about the same distance as it is on his natal chart from those placements. It's just very specific. Um, and then we see the time he was found, the time he was discovered, um, where the horizon, that rising sign, that rising point is in Libra where the big conjunction is. So this goes down to the minute, like when you go around the day, you know, of all the times he was going to do it that day, potentially he was, he, it lined up where he was found dead at the time and dying at the time of the horizon point being at that conjunction in wow. Libra. Um, I just, that's almost like you couldn't plan it any more <laughs> specific. Um, wow. Yeah. I do think there's a lot of delusion here um, with the way his natal Neptune and transit Neptune interact with the death chart. Um, when you look at them, you see Neptune, natal Neptune conjunct transit Pluto and transit North Node, um, which is also an opposite kind of conjunction. He has... Pluto on the south node on his natal chart, where when he died, it was on his north node. Oh, wow. And then, oh, it just keeps wow. going. Keeps going. Um, every time I looked at this again last night, it's like, oh, here's another thing. Oh, here's another thing. 
Um, let me see, where's Transit Neptune again? Oh, Transit Neptune was conjunct his sun um, along with Chiron, both retrograde in Aquarius, at the end of Aquarius. It's not even just that they're in these signs. They're in the same parts of the sign, the same decants, the same sections of these signs as his natal placements. It's so specific. Um, so you see the um, Neptune, uh, Neptune placements sextile to each other, connecting his death and the way his um, his uh, view of the world was very very uh, affected and skewed by all the events happening and how that was a major player in him in his suicide. Yeah. Um, Pluto is literally death um, and, and major change. These. Uh, it, it, on the death chart is, it is his eighth house. <laughs> what other house would it be? Um, I, mean, I always look at the eighth house on these on these charts. Um, we can't see his for real eighth house on the natal chart, but we can see it That's on the death true. chart. The north node is transiting the eighth house, calling for a major transformation or death. Um, the eighth house cusp and Neptune and Pluto, all being together here, are squaring his moon. Where you see again the delusioned, harsh, unrelenting distress happening. Um, there is a transit, a transit Jupiter and Uranus retrograde, um, also by his moon, um, giving this kind of sudden, big, unpredictable change. Wow, uh, it's <sighs> very harsh. Very also giving a com self comforting. Right, um, there was so much of that in. It's it it's a very romanticizes the word that keeps coming to me when I try to think of like how to yeah. describe the way he planned all of mm -hmm. this. It was very well thought out. Mm -hmm. He made sure he had the visuals to look at yeah. as he's you know self harming with the intent to end his life, mm -hmm. and it's like he's just reflecting and escaping yes. into those feelings, yes. and then like it's so, whew. It's, it's so intense. It's very, very intense. Ugh. And I think Neptune is a very kind of romanticizing mm -hmm. thing. People talk about Neptune and Pisces like rose-colored glasses. Yes. And, um, how you're choosing to view things around you. Yeah. And, um, almost being isolated and lost at the same time and going off into other like fantasies and different uh, kind of realms in a way, dreaming. It's very... Um, uh, kind of intuitive spiritual as well there's so much with Neptune but the way that it lines up with Chiron and Pluto and the retrogrades and then the, the squares and the uh, it's eighth house like it's very um, romanticized death for sure wow. um, this this is very in his own death very kind of traumatic and delusioned um, but I think it also kind of carried off on the way that it was perceived worldwide. Yeah, uh, where it kind of handed us a taste of that too. Like, um, what, uh, what the world is really like in, in these ways that we hadn't necessarily considered because mm -hmm. some of these platforms were so new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts before we wrap really, up? Those are really my final thoughts right there. Okay, guys. Well... Wow, what an episode. <laughs> what a way to come back. Uh, what a way to come back. Whew. 
that was intense. Uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of what we do. Like we, we would probably talk about these things if you guys weren't here on the, on the adventure with us, but we're just so glad that you guys continue to support us and stick by us, even with breaks, you know, life happens, things happen, but we appreciate you guys. Uh, please stay connected with us. Please like, follow, subscribe, uh, make all sure of it. all of it. Join our Patreon if you want a little bit more. We have huge plans for Patreon in 2024. We both do personal readings. If you would like to reach out to us, you can find us um, everything on darkalignment.com mm -hmm. or darkalignmentpodcast. And linked in the description um, wherever you're watching. Yeah. If there is a description where you're watching. And we have so merch available. We have these really cool stickers um, that say, let's chart this bitch. I have them on my car. I get compliments all the time. People want to know about it. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, you can connect with us. We will see you very soon. We're going to be covering another really big case here shortly. So, thank you so much. And uh, remember, first and foremost, to continue to chart all the bitches in your life. And we will see you later. Bye. Bye.